Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you wouldn't mind hitting the like and subscribe button, we have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Let's get into it. It was at this moment that he knew he bucked up. Now he fucked up! 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 Now you have fucked up! Yeah, that, the, the third eye thing, that's why I'm honored to talk to you is because that's a that's a a real thing for me and that's um when i first like got connected to your artwork yeah dude no that, that's uh, there's a good story that comes behind that and, and it just flourished into something that i couldn't even imagine you know so what was yeah. the story behind it are we already starting yeah we'll start oh, whatever oh, okay okay all right well um so 2000 end of 2016 early 2017 I wanted to paint a portrait of Tupac because I, I had just dropped out of college a year before that. And I started painting. I wasn't painting in college. I was going to UNLV for like, you weren't that. painting at all. No, dude, I was only doing pencil artwork, pencil <laughs> portraits. So I was going to UNLV for a couple of years and I dropped out cold Turkey. And then I, and then I decided, fuck it, I'm going to start painting. Like I, I'm going to just start painting. So I picked up brushes and then I started, I painted every single day for a whole year. And then on my second, like the, to the month, like my, the start of my second year, I was like, you know what? I'm pretty good now. So I think I want to paint a portrait of Pac. Um, but I was like, I don't want to just paint uh, a fucking portrait that looks like everything else that everybody has done. So I was like, how could I do something? that's a little different. And how could I do something that like, um, that like the viewer would would automatically register like oh he's talking about like his perspective like his 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 you know his mind and I I was like the first thing that came to mind was like a third eye and I was like no nah, I don't know I don't know if that's gonna like work right away and I went ahead and did it anyway and dude people like went crazy over it they were just like a portrait of Tupac with a third eye I guess no one had seen it before i don't know if it's it if it ever well, we existed. just saw the original piece and yeah. it's very striking too it's yeah. not like oh I, you just painted another eye on i don't know like i don't, I hadn't seen a portrait of tupac with a third eye before so i don't know if that was like a thing and i was certainly not copying and nobody. you weren't painting third eyes but three eyes before that well i i remember as a kid i used to draw like stuff like portraits and and i have i used to have sketchbooks from when i was 10 and i remember distinctively drawing characters Characters with third eyes but did but didn't like Do you know why i don't know why actually i don't like it, it it was like a subconscious it must have been a subconscious thing and i and i had no reason to do it then but as as i got older and i started to create work based off like concept and actually have like a backstory behind shit for me the third eye was just all about it is what it is like it's enlightenment it's a perspective it's um i wanted to paint portraits of people that i felt were like enlightened i felt that were like you know just their their mind was beyond their years and um, as a, as a musician myself and as a writer I've always been a fan of Pac. Like that's I grew up on on Pac as a kid. You know what I mean? I, but even beyond his music, I remember when I was 17, I saw an interview of Pac when he was 17, and it blew my mind because I never had felt like I related to another 17 year old before because of the way he talked. I could never get along with kids my age. 
So I was like so blown away with him. And I was like infatuated with him. I was just like, I felt like Jada for a second. I was like infatuated with <laughs> a dead man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this guy is so incredible. He was enlightened. He was yeah. so incredible. Like he was so beyond his his years for his age. And and I and I was admired Pac so much. Uh, just for the way he was as a person, not even, not even as, cause he's got so much music. I haven't heard it all. Like he's got so much music out. It's crazy. And, and, and it's too much to remember, but I've watched so many fucking interviews with of, like of him on YouTube and shit. And I was just like, as a kid, like just sitting there binge watching like interviews and just watching him talk like back when he was in fucking, when he was, uh, locked up watching that interview, it, it like, yeah. it's just, just crazy the way he talked. So when I was doing that portrait, I, I wanted to do something that was like what people saw is like, oh, dude, this is Pac. Like n- none of that fucking like, you know, the, you know, I didn't want to put shit in the background. It's just a black. You saw it. Like It's just a black background. There's nothing else. It's just this face. So no body, just the chain. Yeah, it's just this. Well, you know what? This is this is. So the idea behind the the face and the black background was I wanted it to look reminiscent of. Do you remember the the mirror from like Sleeping Beauty? Yeah, mm-hmm. I th- or I think it was Sleeping Beauty. The 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 mask. Remember, you know when and Maleficent is talking like yeah. mirror mirror on the wall. The mask looked like it was floating in the center. I wanted it to look like like he was floating okay so when you looked at it under like low light it just looked like his face was floating in the center of this like when painting. you did that piece because it was on like on an anniversary were you doing it as something special well i wasn't i was looking at as it like the way i approached it was i felt worthy like my skill in painting got good enough that i could do a i could do a worthy portrait of, of him so that's why I painted it. it was like I finally felt like, OK, I could do a portrait of him and execute it the way I need to. And I did it. And then uh, my homies who who grew up with with Diddy's kids um, hit me up and they were like, yo, you should do a portrait of Biggie so we can move it to Puff. So I did I'd like the next week I did a portrait of Biggie, the same shit, like black background with the third eye. And then I, I did that OG portrait. I forget the the photographer who shot that shot, but it was, um, I think it was for the source where he's wearing the crown. Mm-hmm. So I, sh- I painted that portrait with the third eye and that piece ended up at Diddy's house. So Diddy has that painting. And those are your first two. Like, those were the right, first I'm- two that began this whole like journey. And then I started building um, a body of work behind it to do a solo show. And I, All called, right. oh, I want to hear about that, but yeah. I want to know why you picked, why you just started painting off the bed out of the blue. I, <laughs> you know what? It's funny because, you know, we talked about it earlier. I've never done psychedelics. I've never done yeah. anything like that. So I, I really, truly believe that it just, it just was like faded. It was just happened. Like it, it just, just came, came to, to you me. Yeah. Do you remember the day it came to you that you were like, well, I'm going to start painting? I started the Tupac portrait at the end. But of, you had been painting for a year before that. But I was painting like random shit. Dude. Yeah, but that doesn't like, matter. Yeah, when did I, you start? Like, what made you you? Because you said you didn't paint at all before one day you were like, it, dude, I was halfway start. through the portrait with Pac before I decided to do the third eye. I painted the third eye last. It was like mid portrait that I was like, OK, I can't just do a portrait of him. Like but just what made up. you go from pencil drawing to painting? Oh, to, to the transition of painting was because by the time I was 18, I was already drawing to the point where like my work looked a lot like my dad's. So whenever we would exhibit our work together in galleries, 
nobody would ever know was my shit. They would see my work and be like, oh, it's Antonio's work. And I used to hate that. Like, I resented that a lot because I was like, nah, dude, like I got like, it's my shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like I could, I was like living in my dad's shadow and there's, and in hindsight, there was nothing wrong with that. I just realized that that that's just not what I wanted. So I, I was like, fuck it. I'll be a painter instead of a pencil drawer. Cause my dad was, is strictly pencil. He doesn't paint. You know what I mean? I've even in recent years tried to teach him how to paint. So I said, fuck it. I'll, I'll stand, I'll, I'll stand out by being a painter. You know what I mean? So then I became a painter and I don't even draw anymore, dude. I barely draw. The only time I draw is when I'm sketching out my, my, what I'm going to paint on the canvas. Do you remember what the first thing you ever painted was? Yeah, dude. I painted a portrait of, um, actually, I think I have it. I'll show you. I painted a portrait of this woman who was, it was like a photo shoot. It was like, look, dude, in 2016, look at this shit. That was the first thing I ever painted. That was my first attempt at oil painting. Yeah, that's. Crazy. I don't know if you want to show it to the camera, yeah, but uh-huh. 2016. Yeah, I dropped out of college and and why you drop out of college? Yeah, so I painted that and that and I got the reference from um from it was a, a model that was on America's got uh, America's Next Top Model and she they did a photo shoot and they they like face painted every model and I got that reference from that. Why'd you drop out of college? Um, well, I ended, well, I'll tell you the, why I went is more interesting. I, I went to please my ex's parents. I got, I, when I was, when I got with in a relationship with my ex, they were like, you know, who the fuck is the this? The one you were talking about before? Yeah. When I moved, I moved to Vegas to go be with her. And when I, when, you know, was around her parents, they were like, yo, like, what are your goals? And I was like, oh, you know, I want to be an artist. That's what I'm, what I plan to do. And they didn't take that shit serious. Cause they're like, super like um traditional you know like go to school get a good job you know you get a good education you get a good salary type shit like they're both retired cops like they they went by the book like you know what i mean yeah so and i I was just more like just i just i just went with the fucking flow you know so they weren't they weren't feeling that and they were like you know well why don't you go to school or get a job so i ended up getting both i ended up enrolling and getting into unlv on my own and then i got a job at the same time and then um, what was the job? I think I started working at at Steve Madden. That was my that was like the first job I got when I was out there. I was working at Steve Madden, and then I quit that job to work at another job. I got a job at Guess. I got a job at Bass Pro. I think I worked at a. Cole's. I would love to see you work at, at Bass, Bass Pro, Pro, dude. And I love Bass Pro, dude. <laughs> Bass Pro is so dope. Like, yeah, hey, where, where can I find the bow and arrows? Oh, down that way. <laughs> I need a canoe down that way. Yeah, yeah, dude. So I was working at Bass Pro like for like two weeks, and then I left. Uh, I worked at Coles for like a month. Um, I worked at Guest for like three months. It was like a seasonal job, and then I got a job doing maintenance at a dance studio that my ex was working at so that that's that's yeah dude that was like my whole vegas I'm sorry to be rude doing that shit i was just making no you're sure fine yeah dude do what you got to do so it was really funny it was a funny experience because i was like working these random jobs i did like uh I was but you work- wanted to be an artist back then oh uh, well dude i was always an artist yeah i was i was an yeah, artist you, since i was a kid all right but I, when you said like i did i had never painted before well i had been selling my drawings since i was 10 
Okay. All right. So I was an artist. Like I was yeah, dude, the yeah. first time I've ever ex- exhibited my work. I was 10 years old. It was a, a county art, art contest in Riverside. I was 10, like 10, 10 or 11. And I, I, and I submitted my work and I like won like first place out of like 160 kids throughout the entire county. And then there was my first time I showed my work in a gallery and I sold my drawing there. I sold it there. And then ever since then, like I'd have been exhibiting my work in shows that maybe my dad had put together and I, and I'd always sold my work. So like, I was like selling drawings. I was doing commissions. I mean, dude, I remember when I was like six or seven, I would draw the covers of Disney films like Pinocchio. I would draw like Aladdin and fucking uh, Pocahontas and shit. And I would sell my drawings for like 10, 15 bucks to my aunts and uncles that would come visit. Then what was different about that Tupac piece? I think it was just, it was something that I felt like, okay, I've seen a lot of portraits of Pac. I've seen a lot of portraits of these, you know, these icons. And I didn't want to just create a portrait of Tupac and people didn't really like feel something behind it. You know what I mean? Like when I paint portraits, I, I, I don't like, like, and it's going to sound mad fucking cliche or, 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 you know, whatever, but like, I really try to like capture who I'm painting. Like when I painted that portrait, the whole time I was painting it, I was, uh, I had my headphones in and I was listening to, uh, like interviews of Pac. So I was trying to like engulf my not life, even his music, not even his music. I was just listening to him talk like in interviews and like documentaries about him. And I was just trying to like, who is like trying to capture this fucking person, you know? So I think that's probably why people feel something when they look at it. You know, when I mean? you created it, did you know it was a, a monumental shift? Mm, not really. No, it wasn't until that I started to uh, like, like uh, it, it didn't get the, like a, it got some praise right away. But it kind of went stagnant. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of like Instagram pages were like reposting it. Like, like I said, Hip Hop DX had posted it on their Instagram page. And that's when West. And that's how West Side Gun found me. He, he saw that post and reached out to me via Instagram. And dude, at, this was mid 2017. This was before West Side was verified. This was be, this is when he had like 40,000, 50,000 followers, like brand new. But what was crazy is that I knew of who he was because I saw the article of him and Conway signing to Shady. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Right. Yeah. So I listened to their music and I think I heard one of the Hitler albums and I was like, yo, I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, dude, these guys sound like Wu-Tang or something there. I was like blown away. I was like, dude, this sounds like like I was a really big fan of Slaughterhouse when they came out, okay. like Royce to five nine and Joe Budden. Like I fucked with them so hard, dude, like like Joel Ortiz. Like I really love those guys like that group was like. I really was like rooting for that group, especially when I saw that BET cipher, that shady 2.0 cipher. I was like, dude, these guys are insane. Like, I don't know how many times I've written to that instrumental to that cipher. Yeah, it was crazy. So when these guys came out, I was like, oh, shit, like 
like Eminem's doing something crazy by like working with like guys like that sound like straight 90s rappers, but like not even nine. It was like newer than 90s, but it was reminiscent of it. They were just grimy. That was the best word I could think of. And it's funny because like they they that's how they refer grimy, to their yeah. shit is just grimy. So I knew who Wes and Conway was. And then months, just a couple months later, he reached out to me via Instagram. And I was like, dude, I just I just read about you. Like, what the fuck? And originally he didn't want, he didn't ask me about the blind tell album. He, he, he DM me and he goes, Hey dude, I just bought a new crib and I want to fill it up with some artwork. He's like, I love your shit. Do you have, what do you have available for how much? So I sent him what I had in my inventory. And at the time it was all shit. And it was like, you know, whatever, like prices, like, like bunk shit. It was just whack. It was all whack. Do you remember what the first piece you sold to him was and how much you sold it for? Well, yeah, it was, it was the commission, the blind tell the, Benoit piece. He he hit me up. So he hit me up like the I think like, it was a Benoit. That was the first painting I did for him. So he didn't buy anything off me. He like I sent him what I had in my inventory and he was like, yeah, like I'll think about it. Cause like I said, no, everything that I was doing prior to that was whack, other than like the third eye portraits. Um, so he, he hit me up in like January of 2018. Like it was like a couple months past. And then um he goes, Hey, I'm working on an album do you, you know, I want you to do a cover for it. And I was like, okay, what do you have in mind? And he was like, I, well, the album's going to be called Supreme Blind Tone. And I want to do a portrait of Chris Benoit. And what the craziest fucking thing is, my uncles grew up watching WWE, like really heavily when I was a kid, like little, little, like they were, dude, they had action figures and fucking pillows. Like, I can't even tell you how big of fans they were of like wrestling. And, um, when he asked me to do a portrait of Chris Benoit, dude, the 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 crippler crossface was the only move that I knew how to do on my uncles when I was a kid. <laughs> dude, that's Benoit's signature move. Yeah. So I told my uncles about that, and they're like, "Dude, that's fucking crazy, dude." When I was like six, doing the crippler crossface on my uncle's friends. That so it was like really, really yeah. weird. And, and I don't think I've ever really sat and talked to him about that, but it was just like really fucking bizarre, dude. So he was like, you know, I want to, I want to use your third eye concept. And I said, okay, like, that'd be cool. But I didn't realize the controversy behind it because I didn't really, I, I didn't really know anything about Benoit's. Like, yeah, because story. I wanted to ask you, because earlier you said you did the third eye to to show you wanted to do enlightened people right but west side saw it as just like some raw shit he it just thought it was raw, raw shit, yeah. but it is funny now the ben was the first one you did for that him. is the first one and then and I, it is enlightened in the same way that we were talking to aa and it's about your piece of the yeah, black hitler like, yeah. well that one became even more um like that put like a a, a temporary dent in like my whole like career when he went west side hit it the the hitler piece yeah oh yeah because my whole thing was i was pushing the whole enlightened concept and it was like like praising people of 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 like good deed you know what i mean like i was praising good people i was praising people in general so when west side hit me up dude at like three in the morning and he was like uh and he always hits me up with peace he just texts me peace god peace lord and i'm like ah what, 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 I was like, what's up? What's up, Wes? What, what? And I was like, it's like three in the morning. He was like, I, 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 he's like, I need a painting. I was like, okay, what's up? And he was like, um, so I'm working on, he's like, I'm doing an, another Hitler joint. He's like, I want a, uh, a black Hitler with the third eye. 
And I was like, at first I was excited because I was like, all right, cool. Like, what are we doing next? And he was like, it was like my second thing that I was doing for him. So, so it was, was Benoit then to Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, it was it was funny because I, I had so much praise That's for wild, the first right? one. Yeah. And I was like, I was so excited to do a second one because of how much like how much people loved the first one we did. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, I want a Hitler with a black Hitler. And I didn't understand that right away. And I was like, I was like, mm, well, I was like, look, dude, I like I like my whole mood changed. I was trying to explain it. So I was like, look, dude, um, I don't know if people are really going to fuck with that on my end. Like, you know, the whole third eye thing for me is like, it's a good thing. I don't want people to think that I'm like praising Hitler. And then he he like further explained it. And then, and then I started listening to like the, the albums, like all the mixtapes in order. And I was just like, you know what? I, I'm like, I realized that he's not like, it's not like he's praising Hitler. He, it's just, it's just, he, it's his, it's his spin on the devil's wears product. Like it's just some grimy shit. Like it's, yeah. it's just shock value. So I was like, you know what? I, Cause I try to, at first I tried to convince him. I was like, what if we did like a bullet hole for the third eye or some shit? So people wouldn't like mm. fully think and he was like, nah, nah, I want the third eye. And I was like, okay, okay. So I like, came to you with black Hitler. Not he Hitler. straight up said, I want black Hitler. So what I did was I use Martin Luther King as a reference first. And then he was like, no, no, no. I just want Hitler with black skin. So I was <laughs> like, oh, so you want like Hitler in blackface? I was like, damn, dude. I was like, I don't know. I was like, all right, dude. I, I'm like, what am I going to tell him? No, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> like 18, 19 at the time. So I was like, wait, you were eight or, or like not yet. How like old are you right 20? now? I'm 25. Okay. So I've known Wes going on five years now. Yeah. So it's like I'm 24. I, uh, are you really 24? Yeah, I don't. I look like shit. Bro, but, you're uh, fucking tall as shit. I think, you what know, the fuck were you eating as an infant? I ate a lot. Yeah, hell yeah, you ate a lot. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. You're fucking feasting as a baby. Damn. Give me some of what you got, dude. I'm short as I'm five. I'm barely five nine, dude. I look like fucking <laughs> Will Ferrell at fucking That's 24. cool, dude. Dude, bitches love height, dude. Yeah, when I talk to you, like you were just partying with bitches on the yeah, beach. But, yeah, but yeah, but nah, those are Hispanic nah, girls, dude. I'm They're like four eleven. <laughs> they they I'm come sorry. short, dude. <laughs> you can't. Height, height, height is power, dude. Height is a luxury. My humor is I way better than my height. I was height, yeah, that's cool too. But like, that's that's not like short people. We gotta have personality because we we got. I'm like, you know, my personality is like six five. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. my, 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 I'll fucking cancel this podcast, right now. dude. Height, I you wish. Had like thirty bitches twerking on you. Yeah, again, they're me. all like four eleven. Your personality. They're all like borderline dwarves. <laughs> they all loved your personality. Yeah, uh, yeah they saw they. I saw the chains and they're like, okay, I'll see you with so uh, coming to boys table. I'm like, yeah, dude, I wish. But back um, to you being 18. Yeah. So I was I was like, I, I I just didn't know. I was like, I wasn't, I tried to convince him. He was like, no, nah, I want to do the third eye. And I was like, okay, you know, all right. So I I, I try to, I was like, you know what? I was like, I started looking at the concept. I was like, damn, dude, uh, a hit a black Hitler. I'm like, let's take a person who was extremely controversial in in his entire you know his whole motive and let's let's make him the most opposite thing 
in which he he didn't like. He didn't like what was opposite of him, but it, it was him. Like he was fucking dark. He wasn't blonde haired and blue eyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's so I was like, Jewish, let's yeah. yeah, I was like, let's make him black. So I thought that was kind of a, a pretty uh, profound concept in a way. So I was like, fuck it. You know what? I'll run with it. And, and, and when people ask me, I'll have something to say about it. You know what I mean? So I painted it. And then, dude, when I put it out, when he well, when he put it out, uh, and uh, I think DJ Booth posted how much Westside paid me for it. And then like the whole Jewish community like shunned me for it, dude. I had like pe- a hate mail. I had people coming at me like, why don't you donate that money to the Jew? I'm like, dude, I'm fucking Hispanic and broke living in LA. Like this is the most money I've ever seen ever at once. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like eating top ramen on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, yeah. so like, what do you mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was just, I was getting like, dude, I had some, I had people talking shit about like my mom and dad. And then one person in particular, I'm not going to say his name because he doesn't deserve no fucking clout, you know? Um, But he, he ended up like, he, he was an art collector and a dealer and he ended up like putting it out there and turning a lot of friends that I had in the art community against me. And it, it just was, dude, it was bad. It was like for like six months, I had like hate mail on a daily basis. And I told Wes, I was like, dude, I'm getting a lot of flack for this. Like I'm getting a lot of heat. Like my, like people are not like fucking with me for doing this. And nobody was telling him shit, dude. Like nobody, like my mom was talking to Wes was like, Wes, I need you to say something. Cause my son is like dealing with some shit. And I was like, dude, like people were like, like trying to like pull up on me and shit. And, and it's funny because like no one really knows, like I don't go around telling people where I come from and like where my family's from, but it got, it got, for me, it got real, real fucking quick. And for this dude to like threaten me the way he was, I was like, bro, you keep it about the fucking art. But if you're going to talk that shit, we could run that. I was like, if that's what you really, if you really want to run that, I'm like, I'm We'll, we'll run, we'll, we'll play that game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm like, you don't fucking know me like that, especially my motherfucking family. Why do you think people are coming for you and not him? I, well, who the fuck is going to tell Wes anything? You know what I'm I, saying? Like yeah. Wes is. And why, why do you think people are ignorant on they can't see past just what it is at face value? Well, I'll tell you, it was it was definitely just the Jewish community that was upset with me. You know, I had a lot of artist friends that were that are part Jewish and they were like, dude, to this day, they talk shit about it. And I'm like, dude, why don't you listen to the albums and like listen to interviews? And like Wes explains the whole shit behind it. It's not like he's fucking praising Hitler. It's not like he's out there. He doesn't even mention Hitler once in any of those albums. Like, it's just a title. Do you regret it? No, 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 because I think that it 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 was a very daring thing in and on my end to to create artwork that really had an effect on people because because artwork is whether it makes you feel good or bad if it makes you feel something it's power it's, it's got power to it so and i appreciate power but i know that there was nothing um there was nothing negative behind it it was it was all it did it was it's just art there's an artist um I forget his name. My dad would know his name, but a, fam- a really famous artist that ha- actually did portraits of, of Hitler. And it was, it's like in museums and shit. Like it's like a really successful artist. And I don't think anybody told him shit. And it's funny because one of my, one of my mentors is Shepard Ferry. 
Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So Shepard's one of my my mentors. And, I, you know, I, I, I email him a lot. We talk and, and I always reach out to him for advice. And I and during this time, I told him, I said, hey, I'm getting a lot of flack for this. Um, What's your advice for it? And he was like and he told me pretty much in a nutshell, he was like, look, dude, people are always going to find a reason to talk shit about you. When he first put out the Andre, the Andre has a posse sticker. People were like literally telling him that it was like Illuminati shit. Oh, someone said it called it Nazi shit. And he was like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, not even true at all. Like, people are just going to make up their own shit for it. And then, and then people are so retarded that they're just going to they're just going to fight for what they believe in. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? No, so, I, I do. I feel that heavy. And I actually needed to hear that because like when people like shit on what I'm doing, it's like, oh, you don't really know. So why should I even care? Yeah. So I, I just stopped. I just I just started ignoring people's like messages about it and like when I, when anybody brings it up i just i just laugh because it's just it's it's, it's so stupid. in the past it's yeah it's, it's i'm like dude and it's also like you can't people make like movies about bad shit like, i'm like no it's, i'm like what do you know ignorance yeah we need to damn brad pitt for acting in inglorious bastards like yeah. you know what i'm saying like are you it's, gonna damn you know you know any of those actors for being in there? You know that what was the that was a Jojo Rabbit film? Yeah, yeah, like it's you know what I'm saying. So it's like, do you? But you still feel like you get some. Um, it doesn't come up as often as it used to. But when people do bring it up, they do bring it up. But obviously, like when it's like West Side's fan base, they love that shit because they know they 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 yeah. know they absolutely know. So it's they love it. You know, I see people. And if you know, you like just open like. Yeah, I'm like, just listen to one of the fucking albums. Yeah. Like, just listen to one of them. Like, you'll, you know what I'm saying? It'll change your whole fucking mood about it. It's it's crazy. People, I don't know. People are just crazy. But you know what's funny is that Hitler was, Hitler wanted to be an artist when he was a kid. His parents stole that dream from him. He wanted to be an artist, dude. And he, he used to, he used to draw and shit when he was like seven, eight or nine. Yeah. I don't know the exact details, but I, I just know that he wanted to be an artist. Yeah. That was his, that was his dream. Yeah. Wild, right? That is wild. How did, uh, how did you, um, how did Shepard Ferry become one of your mentors? That's wild. I had no idea about that. Well, Shepard and I have had cross paths over the years. Um, we had a, a mutual friend. The first time that I met him in person, we had we have a mutual friend. His his name is uh, Richard Eduardo, who's pretty much like the Andy Warhol on the West Coast. He's a master screen printer, and he did a lot of screen printing for West uh, for Shepard, Banksy. You know, I'd be like like really big heavy hitters, Retina, all those all those dudes from like the start of the street art movement. And um, he's he's an OG, like he's in history books. And he was working with my dad since I was a kid. And when he passed away in like 2000, I think like 2013, 2014, I met Shepard at his funeral, like formally. I'd always oh. been the Shepard was one of my idols as a kid growing up, but I met him formally at the funeral briefly. And then like, we would just cross paths more and more. Like if he was painting a mural and I like, I happened to be passing by if, you know, his team was like putting up you know, some something and, you know, and I just happened to pass by. And then it wasn't up until I was in a group show in 2018 where I was exhibiting a portrait I did of Bob Marley in pencil. This was um, an old, this was an old portrait that I did. I was already painting, but it was uh, a benefit for one of my really close friends. Um, 
Abby Berman, she has a, a art foundation called uh, Adopt the Arts, and they help raise money for like art programs in elementary schools and stuff. And Shepard is on the board of the members on that. And, and the show was a benefit for that. Like some of the proceeds went to the foundation. So I was ex- when I was exhibiting there, it was my first time exhibiting with Shepard side by side. And, and he came up to me and was like, hey, I just want to let you know, um, his wife's name is Amanda. He goes, Amanda, and I loved your portrait so much that we bought it. And I was like in disbelief. I was like, you what? He was like, we bought it. I was like, what do you mean you bought it? And he was like, like, we bought it. Like, I don't understand what you don't understand. And I was like, I almost started crying right there because I was like, dude, one of my idols just collected one of my works. I was like, it was, it felt like I felt like Basquiat when Warhol bought one of his like postcards. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, that's crazy. I was like, why? You know what I'm saying? And he was just like, and he explained to me too. He was like, you know, we're, he pulled me aside and he goes, I was never really a fan of pencil work, especially like realism. Cause he's like, he's like a graphic artist. Like his, his stuff is beyond like, like his whole process is crazy. You know, it's so unique. Yeah. So he's like beyond the traditional, like making of art, even though that like, it's that that's like the foundation, but he was like, he was like your work stands out so much and and the and the here i'll even show you the portrait that i did because he told me that it reminded him of when um this is this is the portrait that he did oh wow so he he told me that it reminded him of the first time that someone tried like ripping off one of his posters and then he took a photograph of of that and then reposted that as a new poster and it was kind of like, oh, Andre the Giant is still here in a new form. It's like, oh, you can't, you can't tear me down. You can't like take me away. Like I'm back in a new form. I hope this isn't an ignorant question, but why do you do the uh, the cutouts of the face? Well, that was that was because uh, the first one you showed us ha- also uh, had that. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, a series of work that I created called Broken Beauty, and it was a series that it turned that became my first solo show when I was like 18 and uh, like 17, 18. And the concept behind that was I was dealing with a lot of like uh, self-conscious issues. And I was like, all the women in my family seem to be like really self-conscious and have a lot of like internal things. And um, I was thinking about my mom, like constantly like, being self-conscious of how she looked and all this stuff. And I was seeing about, I was playing with the idea of like people and their flaws and people's like, you know, just how people feel about themselves. And I wanted to create a body of work of people that seemed to look like broken ceramic, like, 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 like if they were like a ceramic sculpture and they shattered and it was kind of like, they're broken internally, but they don't know how like beautiful they are. You know what I mean? So I was, yeah. as a kid, I was playing with that concept. I don't know how, how deep it sounds now and how like, you know, well-refined it is now, but that was, that's the idea I had as a kid. So I was painting a bunch of portraits and um, I just, I just found this portrait of Bob that I thought it was really dope. And I was like, damn, Bob was such a beautiful person. And like his whole shit was shattered by, but just, you know, it was just like his whole, like his, he was taken away too soon. And he had no idea how like beautiful of a person he was. So like, I didn't bother painting him or drawing him with like, you know, the typical fucking blunt in his mouth or the joint in his mouth and shit. I was like, I'm just going to paint Bob as Bob. He's, he's just Bob. And, and Shepard felt that he was like, he told me, he was like, dude, it's, 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 it's a portrait of Bob, but it's like, he's like, not only are we big Bob Marley fans, but he, he was like, it, he, you captured him as a person, not just as like the musician. 
which is like different. And he goes, you know, it, and he one of his advices was, was and it's funny because this kind of led into the work that I create now. He goes, it reminds me of when, you know, someone tried pulling down one of my posters and it came back in a new form. And he's like, you, you could draw so fucking well, but having that broken like aspect to it, he was like, you kind of like took it a, a little bit of this perfection away. He was like, you should play on that a little more, like the tension between a realism and like expressionism or contemporary. Like you have this perfection and this fuck it. That was word for word. Like, the, is that what you mean by like the exactly the smiley? The so you see how like all of this is rendered, but the rest is like this very loose form of painting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a little bit of fuck it. And he told me, he goes, I don't know what that fuck it is for you. You're going to have to figure that out. But you need some like you give a, people a little bit of perfection and then you just give them some fuck it, like whatever that is. So I think that his advice eventually developed into this new style of work that I'm creating that I, ca I call it uh, like street Baroque or or uh uh, street realism or something, you know? So it's like a mixture of street art, graffiti and, and Renaissance, high Renaissance Baroque art. It's like taking that style work and then throwing like a contemporary spin on it, but you, in a more street street aspect, because I grew up around graffiti. Like I grew up around like MSK, AWR as a kid and the whole seventh letter crew. Mm -hmm. um, one of, another one of my idols was like retina and revoke saber Banksy. So all, all those cats were like, like heavily like weighted on me as a kid watching all those. I remember the first time I watched I watched uh exit through the gift shop. I was blown the fuck away. I was like, dude, this shit is crazy. I was a kid when I seen that. Oh, it came out in like 2008 or something. So I was like, I wanted to create work where I'm mixing. Like I used to play with the idea. What if, what if Da Vinci collaborated with like Basquiat? What would that look like? Or if Basquiat like painted over a Da Vinci painting, and you think so? That was my my idea behind it. You think this is? You said fate earlier. Um. Well. Well. I don't. You know. I don't know. It could be. It could not be. The the this whole smiley face thing came about during the pandemic. That came. That was an accident. A genuine accident. Like I did not pre-plan that at all. And I try to explain that to people and then they don't really, I don't know if they don't believe me or if they don't understand, but I'll, I'll tell you that story. So when we went into lockdown, I didn't paint for like a fucking month. I didn't do shit for a month. I was built, me and my dad were working on a body of work for a father and son show and it completely got put on pause. And I got like really depressed because my dad had just filed for divorce and he moved in with me in my one bedroom apartment. So I gave my dad my bedroom and I was sleeping in my living room. And like, we're talking about a fucking hut of an apartment. Like Westside has been to my apartment. Like you should ask him, like this motherfucker could look left and right and see the whole place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was, I was really depressed and I didn't, I didn't do shit for a month. And then all of a sudden I, I remember getting into an argument with my dad about some dumb shit and I talked to him for like two days. So I was like really down and out. I was like fucking broke. Like I was trying to figure out how I was going to take care of my dad, help my mom. And like, what are we going to do? Cause we weren't working. Like it looked like we were going to get fucking laid off from work. Um, so I had a bottle of, of, of tequila at the house and I just started throwing back shots and I started getting fucked up by myself. Like my, I think my dad was like 
asleep in the room or something. And I just started fucking like, I don't know. I just started getting fucked up and I had one empty canvas laying around. So I just fucking, I just started going ham on it. And, and little lo and behold, that ca- that piece ended up being the, the pray for Paris painting, the Mona Lisa piece. <sighs> so I'd finished painting it. And then I sat back and I was like, I was like, damn, this shit's pretty dope. And I, and I didn't like really like pre-plan it. I was like, like, I didn't put like, I wasn't like pre like meditating, like, Oh, I want to paint third eye smiley faces. Like that wasn't like a thought. I was just like, you were just fucked I up. dude, I was fucked up and painting. Like, like I don't shit. even honestly, I'm be honest with you. I don't even remember painting that shit because by the time I was done, I was just like, my head was spinning. And I remember taking a picture of it and sending it to Westside. That and night, I sent it while to you're him, like, dude, blackout. there's a bunch of beer bottles and, and like tequila bottles around. And I'm like sitting there, there's fucking spray in the center of my living room, dude. Like I'm getting paint on my walls. Definitely didn't get my deposit back. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I, I'm sitting on my couch and I, I sent him a picture and I was like, dude, almost word for word. It was like, since I said this pandemic, this lockdown got me painting differently. And I was like, I'm fucked up right now. That's what I said. Something like that. And he goes, Yo, I need that for pray for Paris, and I was like, I think you do. <laughs> so it ended up being the alternate cover for pray for Paris, and and it blew the fuck up. So I started like playing with that concept, and then I painted the first uh, Sherub painting with the with the smiley face, and then ever since then, dude, it just blew the fuck up. Took a life of it. That is fate. If, if yeah, you believe yeah, in yeah, it and, like that, like, and, and I'll tell you even something crazy not to cut you off. I had talked to, to Wes a few months prior to that. We were at the oh, we were at the show at the Novo. Okay. The last LA show from the What Was Shin Gun Do tour. And I asked him, I said, hey, because he, he, he mentioned this album that he was working on. And I said, are we doing any artwork for it? And he goes, nah, I got, I got Virgil doing it. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, all right. Like, all right. Yeah, That's I was hard. like, I was like. I was like, I'm not going to fucking argue on that. Like, whatever, you know? So I was like, okay, okay. But he had me at the same time. He had me working on the Versace painting. So he was like, I got something. I got oh, another project really? for you. The Versace. Yeah. So he's like, I got another project for you. He's like, I want you to paint me uh, Versace. And then I was working on the Liz. So I was working on those pieces before I even did the Pray for Paris joint. So I was busy working on stuff. But he was like, it was like side project. It was, it was a cover for, for Armani. And then it was, it was a Versace piece. To, I think um, at first I thought the Versace piece was to coincide with Boldy's album. Um, because, you know, we always do artwork for one of the releases. Like there's always some artwork to go with it. So, but, but the artwork came out before the album. So I wasn't really too sure about that, but I, so I was working on the, that shit and then and then I busted out the Pray for Paris painting and he ended up using it for fucking Pray for Paris. And that ended up being like the fucking piece that like just went crazy. Where do you think that idea came from? I don't know. I really don't know. I was just like, I want to I was like, I feel like painting the Mona Lisa. I was like, this, this is my bitch. <laughs> like the Mona Lisa is like my favorite person on the planet so i was like what what's your connection to mona lisa because you have your i have my rendition yeah you can you can grab her if you want do you mind yeah yeah grab her put her in the center she can join this conversation she's been around yeah yeah go ahead put her put her in the center And, and it's funny because i've never exhibited exhibited her like she's never been in any gallery she's never i haven't even framed her um 
And this was, I painted her in 2019. So that was maybe my second, no, third year of painting. And it was, um, it was a portrait that I did as, 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 as a study, strictly as a study. I just wanted to do a master copy of the Mona Lisa. It was my favorite painting of all time. Da Vinci is my favorite artist of all time. So it was just, it was just for practice. I wanted to, I, I, you know, and one of my things is like, if you want to learn how to paint like someone, you have to paint. Is this piece. an exact replica? No, it's, it's not an exact replica. Actually, I've seen it in yeah, person. Hold, but holder? I, yeah, check this I've out. I've seen Pete it this. in person, but I, I don't remember. But this is fucking mesmerizing. Like, oh, an official print. And so this is like side by side, like the original. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was literally just to test my ability. Yeah, that's all it was. So I wasn't trying to do it exact. I was just trying to. I, I was just trying to paint her as if I was painting alongside him yeah, in his studio. The reason I asked if it was an exact copy is because of the red hair right here. Well, what I, the the reference that I was looking at the reference this this print here is if there's like a bunch of different. Um, files on on the internet if you go on the internet some of the files where she looks she appears like really really yellow and the yellowing is because of the varnish that okay. yellows over time but i was using one of those references and i think this reference is like if you go on if you go on if you look up the mona lisa and then you go on like wikipedia they have a file of her that's like in real time like like it's color corrected okay where like if you're looking at it in and person, she has the red she hair. appears this this way well the reference i was looking at she was a little more warm oh, so oh, i, I was painting her from a warm photograph versus like this colder the original this yeah. colder like color corrected photograph yeah so this what's is, your connection to this piece i was just dude as a kid i was just fucking fascinated with the mona lisa i, I just thought it was the most beautiful painting so i was like da vinci i've dude i've watched so many documentaries and i've read so much about da vinci it was just i was just so infatuated with him as a person dude because he was uh he was what you call a polymath where he was like interested in so many different areas and and topics and he was like a master of them all like he did he what's was, the term he a uh, polymath polymath so he was like he was like a master in botany he was a master in like literature and and painting he was a master inventor dude he invented a lot of shit he laid down the groundwork for like the modern tank and like was trying to understand flight before the fucking wright brothers you know what i'm saying like he he he, he was like he had more interest in developing weapons of warfare than he was in creating art. Like he became an artist because he was illegitimate as a child. And when you're illegitimate, it's, it's hard for you to get like um really good, like, like, like to build a career off that. So his dad uh, got him an apprenticeship with Verrocchio who at the time was like a really prominent artist in Italy, like at Venice or Florence or something. I forget, but he was like a really prominent artist. Like he, he was well known. So to be an apprentice in his workshop, it was a big deal. And uh, Da Vinci eventually he um, assisted him on a painting. I forget the painting, the title of it, but it's a portrait of two angels. And um, Da Vinci painted one of the angels and Verrocchio said 
he like vowed to never paint again after he saw da vinci's painting because it was so incredible wow yeah so he stopped painting because of that and da vinci uh, it's said that I don't I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's it to according to historical um, facts, it said that Da Vinci would say that he was a painter last. Like he would say he was a mathematician. He was an architect. He was a botanist. He was a scientist, a chemist, like all these different things. And he would mention that he was an artist last because I think he was trying to um, he eventually got connected with the Duke of Milan and it wasn't up until then where he really like got his chance to start developing like weapons of warfare, like developing maps, like well-developed like maps that allowed the Duke of Milan to like, like be like have his like military, like on par. I was going to ask you before, cause we were in your studio and you have a movie set up. Yeah, a, a set for in your starring in a horror movie mm. and you make music mm. and you want to do comedy and then and you I do clothing and, and tattoos. And, I know and the tattoos like yeah. you want to be. Do you see yourself as an artist less? You know what? I, 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 I don't ever really call myself an artist because I feel like that's not up to me. I, I always say I'm a painter because I feel like being given the title of an artist, I, I don't feel like I've done enough yet. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if my art has moved people in the way to be able to be like, I'm an artist. You I just say I'm a painter. Has? I don't know if it has. And, and, and if it has, do you have I that do self image problem still, not even just personal, like looks wise, but on like your work or your uh, what you're leaving by your legacy? I don't I don't know if it's like an issue with it. I just I, I don't I don't feel like it's up to me to say that I've made an impact. I don't know if I have. I'm not going to know. I'll actually I'll never know. You know what I mean? I, I always say this, like, I'll, if, if you told me that like 500 years from now that my work was in history books and 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 my work had inspired the next big person, next big thing. I'd be okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Like if I died and not know shit, not knew shit about my art, like where it went or not saw any success in my lifetime, I'd be okay with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I've done a lot for my age and, and I've done, I've seen my work in, in all over the world. I've seen my work on publications that I never thought it would end up. I mean, I, it's, my work has ended up in the hands of people. I never thought it would end up, you know what I mean? So I, I think that second piece was in pubs. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, you know, having collectors like that, like it, you know, I, I, but, but I don't measure that as part of my success. I think, I think, I think, um, I don't know if I'm successful. I think I'm doing well for myself. You know, I, I can live off my art. I'm, I'm living off it now. So I think that that's a, that's a big achievement, but I don't know if that's, if I would say I'm successful, I, that's not up to me to say, I, I don't, I don't really think like that's up to me to say, like, I can't say I'm like, like I'm the best at this shit. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not anything. I'm just a yeah. fucking painter. You know, are so, you hard on your stuff or do you enjoy it now? I, 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 I think I'm hard on it still because I, I'll paint stuff and I, and I, and I'll, and I'll, I'll reminisce on it and I'll ponder on it and I'll think, okay, oh, maybe I could have done that a little better, but, but then I try to like accept it like, okay, like, you know, it, it, how it is, it's how it's meant to be. So I try not to like hold on to things too much. I try really hard to let go of things <laughs> like as an entrepreneur, 
it, it's been really um, like important for me to not have any attachment to anything. Like I'm not attached to money. I'm not attached to um, my image. I'm not attached to my work. I'm not attached to anything because if you become attached to things, you leave room for like this, this like moment of doubt and you have all these negative thoughts and I don't like having negative thoughts. So I just, I just attach myself from anything like nothing, nothing means shit to me. You don't like having negative thoughts. I try not to, you know what I mean? And I'm a big shit talker. I love talking shit because it's funny, but I think that's just part of yeah. like, like just, but I mean to yourself, do you like when you start getting, you don't, you don't let yourself spiral. I try not to, because there's no point to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I've had a lot of people in my family like suffer from chronic depression and you just realize dude, there's no, there's no benefit from holding on to things that you can't control. So I've, I've, I came to realize that the only control that I do have is knowing that I don't have control over shit. So I, you know, I try not to have control over anything. I think that people are so fixated on like having this sense of, I need to be able to control this. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw a lot of that in like very close friends and it drove them crazy and they just ended up failing like more and more. Like it's good to fail, but if you're only failing, like that's sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're eventually you're supposed to see some success in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like, well, I think ice cube said it one time. He was like, I don't want to get rich and die trying. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so it's, you know, people, people get caught up in like a weird mental space when they're attached to things. And I just, I just try not to like hold on to things. Like I just let things go. Like if I paint a painting and I put it out there, I'm not going to like, just say, Oh, like this is going to change my life. I don't fucking know that. I just put it out there. If no one likes it, then fine. You do the first smiley face blackout drunk in a one bedroom apartment with your dad staying with you. Yeah. Yeah. And a big argument with my dad too. I didn't talk to my dad for like two days. <laughs> I didn't talk to my mom. I didn't talk to nobody. I, I was so angry and pissed off. What was the first ha- thought you had when you woke up the next morning? Uh, well, I went back and read the text with Wes and I was just like, huh, this is, this should be interesting because this is brand new. You know, it was like, you knew it was life changing. I didn't know until it first came out. When Westside put out the the merch and shit, dude, everything sold out in like nanoseconds. And I, was, I still have that mystery tie dye. You want to hear a crazy fucking story, dude? Dude, I this is this is wild, bro. And I haven't said this in any interview, which is I'm excited <laughs> because this is fucking funny. So I never, um, West never sent me uh, like a like a crew neck or anything. I think everything just sold out. There was just nothing left, and I was like, fuck, whatever. So I didn't have any pray for Paris merch like for like a whole like two years or something, right? Like a year or some shit or whatever, like last year. I get a call from one of my homegirls. She sends me a picture of the fucking the champion shirt, the black shirt (laughs) at a secondhand store, uh, Second Street down in like San Diego or something. And she goes, oh, I was just looking in Second Street and I found this. This is so dope. Reminds me of you. And I'm like, dude, that is my (laughs) shit. And I was like, did you buy that? And she was like, no, I didn't. I was like, how are you? I was like, you didn't buy that? I was like, are you serious? So I was like, immediately told her, I was like, what Second Street did you get this from? So I called them and they were, I was like, yo, do you guys have, I described the shirt to them. And they were like, oh yeah, you're talking about the West Side Gun Isaac Palio shirt. And I was like, 
yeah, that's me. Yeah. Like, that's I'm yeah. I was like, yeah, do you have that in stock still? And they're like, yeah, it's, 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 it, we have it. So I was like, all right, please put it on fucking hold because I'm coming for it. So I went to go get it and I was praying that it was in my size and it happened to be a medium, which is my size. And, and, and I, dude, sure enough, it was in the fucking rack with all these, like, it was next to like off white and all this, like, that's other shit. So it was just like funny. next to all these, like, brand name shit. And I go up to the cashier and, um, and it's funny because I'm wearing one of my like T-shirts, you know, I'm like wearing one of my shit and they're just not like correlating the two. And I give them like my ID and like my credit card and they're like not co correlating the two. And I was like, so I was like, do you guys know anything about this shirt? And they're like, uh, kind of they're like, you know, we know like, yeah, like West Side's a really big artist, whatever, whatever. And they're like, you know, it's a pretty cool shirt. So and they were dude, they were selling the shirt for like 70 bucks. I was like, dude, this shirt sold retail at like 60 bucks or something. And then resales it sells for like, yeah, like yeah. a couple hundred bucks. So I was like, you guys are honestly retarded. Like, I can't <laughs> yeah, believe. So I was talking and, and like these cashiers don't know shit. Like they're just looking at me like, mm, okay. And I was like, um, yeah, dude. I was like, you know, this, this shirt's really popular. I'm like, this is like a rare shirt. There's not the many artist, made. real dope guy. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, and I told him, and I was just being really ignorant at this point. I was like, yeah, you know, it's going to be worth a lot more if I sign it. And they were like, what? And I was just like, oh, well, I'm Isaac Palayo. And I had already bought it. I was like, dude, you guys could have sold this shit for like 200 bucks. <laughs> they were like, oh, okay. And then I just walked out with the shirt. But what's crazy is dude, <laughs> The tag on the shirt, like like the tag that, that has a price, literally said West Side Gun, Isaac Palayo, Pray for Paris collab wow. shirt. It literally had our names on the fucking like store tag. That's crazy. And I kept the tag. I have it put away somewhere. And it was so funny, dude. I was like, I had to buy. I told Wes, like, motherfucker, I had to buy my own, sh our own shit at a fucking secondhand store. I was like, I'm lucky who that wore I this before, right, me? dude. I was like, who bought this? And like, you bought this at retail and they bought it off you for like a penny because they were reselling yeah. it for like 10 bucks more. Like, dude, I wonder if the person watching is like, I, I brought my, <laughs> yeah, dude, I hope they see it because, dude, it's that's how I got my Pray for Paris shirt. It was so funny what, why do you think me. what do you think your connection to wes is what like what what do you think about wes inspires such different um i'll tell you i'll tell you exactly why because me and Westside are the new renaissance Westside takes an old art form an old way of making music and has reinvented it he didn't invent this grimy shit he took old grimy shit and he reinvented it. That's why I say with my work, I'm not inventing anything. I'm just reinventing everything. So I'm taking an old form of art and I'm making it new for people of my time to understand it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm making art that's reminiscent of the, the giants, the, cla the classics, you know, it's like DJ say DJ Shea says, you know, you might compare West Side to like a, you know, uh Raekwon or some shit, but he's like these Griselda's beyond that. You know what I mean? Like they're they're fucking they're on their own level of great. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna take something old and I'm gonna make it fucking brand new, put a new spin on it. You know, so when people dubbed me and Westside is the new renaissance. I was like, yeah, you're very right. Because we're, I'm working with, I happen to be working with like the only 
person in the industry that's like make, like bringing this shit back. And I feel like I'm the only painter in the industry that's bringing this old shit back. And so, you didn't even realize what you were what all the um the correlation the, between this, yeah, the I culmination, yeah, and I, the correlation. Exactly. Like I'm like, dude, me and Westside are really bringing old shit back, but making it new, and and making it not better. But I mean, I'm not going to speak for myself and saying I'm making it better. Westside's making it better. When you were an art, when you wanted to be an artist as a kid. What did you think your impact was going to be on the world? If you asked me when I was like 10, I probably would have said some dumb shit like, oh, I want to be the best artist in the world. I want to be the next Da Vinci. I want to I want to be. Would you have said that at that age? Probably. I was saying some dumb shit like that. But now I don't care to be looked at as anything. I just if people appreciate my work and. They're collecting it and it's going in, in, in collections that are going to be passed down over the years and it people appreciate it the way I appreciate it. Then I feel like that's good enough for me. You know, I'm glad enough that I can live off this shit. I can make money a thousand other ways, but to make money off my art is that's dope. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to say like, oh, I want to live. Like, I hear a lot of artists my age say some real ignorant shit. Like I just the other day, I was at an event and I heard some artists say some shit that bothered the fuck out of me. He was like, oh, you know, I don't care about like the collectors. I don't care about like all that shit. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. What you mean? That's so stupid. Why would you say that? Like, if your collectors are watching there, I heard you just say that they wouldn't give a fuck about you either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love my collectors. Like every time someone collects my work, I have a long ass conversation with them. And I'm just like, you know, and they, and they tell me this like long thing of how they feel about the work. And that's dope for me because they each person has their own connection with the work so it's like you know they're either collecting it because it reminds them of some childhood shit or they want to pass something down to their kids and they believe in me as an artist to grow and i'm like damn so that's a little bit of pressure too it's like they're they're believing in me to be something more than i am right now because they want to pass down that art to their kids and be like you know this is a paleo like you have something that's like I watched this unfold, you know what I mean? Like people watched me unfold in the last like two, three years. I, I really, and I'll say this on your podcast for the first time. I really do attribute West side for my success. A lot of my success because I wasn't really, I, I've always, I mean, I've been publicized and I've exhibited my work and I've had celebrity collectors, but I'll tell you right now, I haven't gotten the, I haven't felt like I was, in the conversation until Westside came in the picture. What, I, so like what I've really put Westside on a pedestal, like Westside is really part of why I'm here right now. Because you were ready for the occasion when it arose. Right. Uh, it was like Nipsey. I was going to Pre preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. yeah I was, was going to ask yeah. you, like, why do you think your vision connects more than others but it's a that's a ignorant question for me to ask because it's all the years of hard work you put yeah. in it's the it's the ten thousand hours oh it's did the, i put uh, hundreds of thousands of hours of right course now. Yeah. yeah if people do people have no idea like i haven't really got to sit down in like an interview or like for a magazine and really tell people like what i've been through as a kid like I was, like I grew up in a very like toxic household. I grew up around fucking violence, around drugs. I've been around it all. Like uh, I've seen some, I've seen that shit. 
Uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't shot anybody. Hopefully I don't, you know, that's, that's as far as I haven't seen, but I've, I've been around the shit. Like I said, like my mom's side, like some of my family on my mom's side is like ex gang related. My dad's side is very square. They grew up very religious, like very disconnected from each other. So it was like, there was no like family connection on my dad's side. And then on my mom's side, everybody was so tight knit that they knew each other's business. So nobody got around without knowing shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, my mom's side is crazy. They, we, and the we art to, was the escape. My art was absolutely. I remember being like five, six, just like hiding in like any crevice of the house while like there was just like a fucking fist fight happening in the next room. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. crazy shit. Yeah. Like at the time, like my mom fucking around with drugs, like, you know what I'm saying? Like my, my grandmother suffering from like chronic depression. Like I'll, I'll put, I'll put this for perspective for people to understand what the house that I grew up in. I grew up with my mom, my grandma, and my great grandma, three generations of women with my mom's two younger brothers that were like seven and nine years apart from me. So they were like, they were, they were my uncles, but they were like too close in age. So they're more like my older brothers. Yeah. So they treated me like, like a younger brother, but I was the baby up until I was like 11 or 12. I was the only child in the house. And, um, you know, I see my dad on the weekends, but like the type of shit that I grew up watching, like, I remember like a time where like, I watched my mom OD when I was like six, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, while like my Grammy's like, you like trying to commit suicide. Like my grandma was a big cutter because she was like, she suffered from a lot of depression. So that was the type of shit that I would see like on an often basis, like watching my grandma cut herself, my mom doing drugs, my uncle's fucking fist fighting. My great grandma was a drunk, like alcoholic, like everybody always talking shit about like my, my immediate family, like people in and out of the fucking house. Like that's the house I grew up in as a kid, like every single fucking day, like up until I was like, 13 or some shit like when i was 13 my grammy did commit suicide she she took a handful of pills so like that's the type of shit that like was like happening like yeah right here like right on my shoulder and the only thing that i had to escape was art like i never got to play sports i never got to get into like any extracurricular activities we didn't have the money to pay for like sports gear i wanted to play basketball really bad we wanted to play football um I, you know, I tried to get involved in acting when I was like 11, 12, didn't have the money to pay for the schooling. Um, it was just te- cheaper to fuck around with pencils and paper. And I just would sit in the fucking corner of the house and I would just draw away. That was my only escape. While, while chaos is fucking happening in the next room, I'd just be alone. I was so quiet as a kid that I would get in trouble for being too quiet. <laughs> they would like be screaming for me, Isaac, where the fuck are you? And I'm like, in the here, like in the room, quiet, like I'm just playing. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up and I was very sheltered. They wouldn't really let me out of the house and it was like closed off. But like in your mind, did you know you were destined for more at that time? I don't know. Maybe I thought that as a kid, but I don't know. I don't even know if I'm destined for anything now. I'm just I'm just doing what I'm doing. Yeah, but you have. okay. it doesn't matter the accolades or anything, but you have passion. And you have over heart. You have passion. You have dedication. You have and that is destined for more. Because who has passion and dedication? Out of a hundred people you meet. Yeah. No, you're you're right. But I I don't know. I think that um. 
I don't know. You know, I, I, I feel like it's again, it's not my place to say that I'm destined for anything. It's just not it's not it's I'm not going to say that it's like saying, do you think I'm good? I like I know I'm all right, but I'm not going to say I'm like, great. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not for me to dub. That's for the people to dub. But if you people also. Believe it, then- un- yes. So you kind of live in the eye of the storm. I do it, too. Like, I, I'm very you can like I very much am like like when you told me earlier that you wanted to. Like, even that you are doing this is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm in the eye of the storm sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like other people get to enjoy it more than I do. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I like I try to, like, step back and realize, like, what I'm doing is pretty dope. And I know it is dope. And I try and I'm grateful for everything that I've done and like everything that's come to me. But I don't feel like the job is finished. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like. Like some co- like like on some about five hundred years from now. Yeah, that's exactly. When the job will be finished. exactly like like when I'm what like will my work stand? You know, to a test time. Like, will it will will it stand? Do you think time? Huh? I don't know. I you know I hope it does. I I definitely when I'm painting my work, I paint with like like the energy. Like, okay, I'm gonna put as much as I can into this so that people can really feel this shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't just paint just the paint. Like I really do. I tell people, I've said this before, I think in, a, in an interview, I said that I paint like I fuck like the sexual energy for me is the same as painting. Like I feel euphoric when I paint. It's, it's like, a, it's, it's like it's a sexual one. I, for me. I understand because it's the flow state. Mm-hmm humans try so hard to get into a place where they don't have to think they're just creating. Right. And that creating can be whether I'm on stage or you're painting or you're fucking, or you're, you're just in these moments where it's there Mm -hmm. and it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely sometimes will get in the studio and I'll just start painting without thinking. It's like, like, you know, when you drive home and you don't I mean, even listen to the story you home. said of, yeah, the story you said yeah. about the first, like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I do paint like that. Oftentimes I paint. Do you like ever that. think about where ideas come from? Um, it's for experience for sure. Like oftentimes I'm recreating old artwork and making it new, but that's just for, that's just for like me to get this stuff. This shit is like just to jumpstart me yeah. to like, all right, let me, let me jump in. Let me do something that's going to like kickstart me into this. And then I'll paint my own shit. So a lot of it comes from like um, using models that are very personal to me. And there's a deeper story because of the person that I'm painting. Um, and it'll be reminiscent of like, like some, or, you know, original master work, but like the piece behind you, the self-portrait is is a it's just a spin on Caravaggio's David and Goliath. But I painted that when I got back from my European trip, my trip to Italy. And I saw those paintings in person. And I was like, those are fucking crazy. I gotta paint that. Like I gotta, I gotta like recreate my own version of that. And then when I was in the process of doing it, I was like, I don't want to just get like random models to do this. I was like, you know what? When I got back from Italy, dude, I felt like I felt like everything I ever felt about art and especially my work completely like just faded away. It was just diminished. It disintegrated. Like I had like an ego death and I never like I told you earlier, I never done shrooms, but I really felt like I had an ego death. So because, that what going over there and seeing seeing that shit in person like floored me, dude. I cried every time I went into a museum. Literally cried like I 
cried when I fucking went into the Sistine Chapel. I cried when I saw the Mona Lisa. I cried when I saw Caravaggio. That was my first time in Europe. Yeah, dude, I did a month long trip in Europe and just saw everything I could. So when I was painting that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint a painting that's symbolic of an ego death. Like me killing off the old me. But it's also a spin on Caravaggio's David and Goliath. So, and that's how I feel now. I feel like I don't like really like, I don't like talking about my work now. Like I was just like, when people ask me about it, it's like, I don't know. It's up, it's up for you to like, I have a story behind it, Okay, but I don't, if I asked you that stuff before you went to the trip, would you answer it differently? I, I, pro- I probably would have been like, Oh, this shit is like dope. Like blah, blah. Like I probably would have like, like talked myself up. Like I would have talked my shit, but like now I just, I don't, it's not up to me to do that. It's, it's, it's better to, ha- to hear other people's thoughts. Like I have a story behind it, but it doesn't mean it's a good story. It doesn't mean it's a great story. It doesn't mean it's worthy of it being art. Like, I don't know if this shit should be in a museum. Like, how who am I you, to say? I hate when I talk to like artists my age and they're like, oh, my shit's worth like a million dollars. Okay, well, have you sold a fucking painting at a, as, at a million dollars? And no, motherfucker, your shit isn't worth a million dollars. Like, it's only worth what people are willing to pay for it in reality, you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't put a value. Like, to me, obviously, like, it's priceless. I never want to see them go. But I mean, it's like, I'm not going to take money with me when I die. I'm not gonna take any of this shit. None of this stuff matters to me. It's it's just I'm doing. I'm what matters to me most is leaving something dope behind. Uh, will these stand? You know, you for years to come. I don't know. But if it does, then dope. You know. How so. did you use the pain when you were younger? Uh, as as um, as an outlet for energy. While other some some people don't, some people go through that and get lost in that. Yeah, I, I know. I feel you. Like I, I, I think about it all the time, and I, and I trip out. I'm like, dude, I'm surprised I'm not like on fucking drugs. I'm surprised I'm not in jail. I'm surprised I'm not dead. It could have easily gone one of those three ways, especially fucking like fucking somebody up because I was really angry as a kid. I was very angry, like really fucking angry. And there was times where I wanted to fuck people up really bad. And, and, and even more like specifically like people that were like, like very like involved in my life. Like it was like oftentimes like my mom's like partners, like my mom's ex-husband, I fucking hated that guy. It was like, it came close, really close, you know? So like, and, and it's funny because I'm not like excited to talk about shit like that because it doesn't make me look good, but it's just shit that it was like in that moment, like I'm not thinking about what other people think. I'm thinking about like, you know, like yeah, what's but- happening in that moment. So like I, instead of reacting in a very negative way, I would just put all that shit into my art. Like I would go into the studio. I've cried while painting paintings. I've like been angry while painting paintings. That's why that once like I told you when I got fucked up, dude, I was so angry and so like, depressed like i was just like you know what? i'm gonna get fucked up and i just don't want to feel anything right now and then i just started painting and i didn't even like realize what i was painting until the very end do you think you were do you think this because i'm this is for people listening do you think people are born with their special thing or do you think like you said you were younger you didn't even know do you think people can find it um Yes and no, because I know people that have found like their craft since they were little, 
and I know people that have found their craft much later in life. I think, I think, like I said, I think, um, like art came to me. I, I didn't find it. It came to me, you know, I, I cause I, I do the first drawing I ever drew was, I was fucking two. My dad has a tattoo of it, you know, <clears throat> and turns out it was a fucking smiley face. Yeah. It's the first thing I ever drew. Yeah. It's two years old. So am I, and I actually have the original drawing. It's uh, I drew it with Sharpie <clears throat> we have it somewhere around here. Um, it's framed up, but so it's, you know, thinking about stuff like that, it's like, that's crazy. Cause dude, all I've ever believed in was art. I got into an argument the other day with one of my homegirls. She came over to get tatted and um, she asked me randomly, like, everything was cool. Like we're, we're, the, we're done tattooing. I took some reference photos of her to model for me. Everything was dope. We were having some shots and out of nowhere, she asked me what I like, like, what do I believe in as far as like my religious beliefs? I, I grew up around a lot of religion. Uh, you know, I was, I was baptized like Christian, been around Christian Catholic. I went to Christian Catholic churches. My mom's ex-boyfriend at one, uh, she had a Muslim ex-boyfriend. My dad grew up Jehovah's witness. My, my ex's parents were fucking atheists been around it all I, my fr- the fr- chick that took my virginity was jewish like there's like all these types of different beliefs around me and at some point i just like said you know what i don't believe in I'm not that i don't believe in any of this but what i believe in most is art because art has never failed me it's never lied to me and it's only directed me in the best possible direction like i have faith when i look at art i have faith when i paint like it gives me hope when i paint Therefore, I believe in that. We got into a really big argument about it because she was like hardcore Christian. I'm like, that's fine. Like, I, like I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, I don't know. I'm gonna find out when I fucking die. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Why am I gonna argue with you on something that I don't know for certain? Because it's in a book. I don't yeah. know. Because it's been told two thousand years. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Shit, dude. I like I, we could fucking die, and I'll find out. Like, I'll find out. But, but for now, like, I really believe in like the art. Like, the art is like religious for me. You know what I mean? As a kid, even so. So like it was the only thing that like answered to me. When and that was your help. spiritual spiritual awakening when you went to Europe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. When I went you there, don't need I was psychedelics. Floored. I'm not trying to trust me. I'm not the person who's like everyone needs to do them. like that's not what it is. I just was wondering if you had. But I understand because that spiritual awakening can be anything. Yeah, they can come and do they can it's come in music. I mean, it's come movies and books and shit. I've I've had like revelations and like epiphanies at random moments. Like even hearing West Side's music. Like when I hear when I listen to West Side's music and I'm working on on something that he's like is commissioning, I listen to his shit. I listen I you know, I'm listening to Benny Conway, Armani, I'm listening to everybody cuz when I get into that that feel, I start to like feel that shit. I like I, I it's like method act because i act too and i try to go the method route where like i try to become the fucking character i'll tell you even another crazy story so when i was painting the mona lisa before i started painting her i said okay i'm i'm i was like gearing up for it i was like mentally preparing myself and i said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go for this and i remember i publicly put on my instagram i said okay i'm gonna paint the mona lisa wish me luck. Right. Some shit like that. And I, I tried to do like a form of method acting where at the time I was working at Disney. So I was working 40 hours a week. So I was going to work at like seven coming out at like three or four. 
And I had from four o'clock till midnight to like work on my own shit, you know, cause I'd try yeah. to go to bed by midnight. And, um, I remember I would come home and I would play medieval sound effects on YouTube <laughs> to hear like an ambient sound of like the four, like the 14, like 14th century, 15th century, like high Renaissance, like 14th yeah. century Italy or something. Like I like you would hear like horses trotting and like people like like blacksmiths like working and shit. So I would play that really loud and I would I would paint under like low light, like candlelight, and I would paint under like like sunlight. I would try never to use like lamps and shit. And I really try to like become like like I was living when you in that did. fucking time when I was painting her. Cause I was like, I wanna feel like I'm fucking there. Are you happy with this? It um I, I happy I, I wouldn't say I'm happy I, it's definitely my favorite painting I've ever done because I felt like it was a moment where I was challenging myself as an artist to paint and tackle like the most famous painting of all fucking time it's nowhere near that but for me as an artist as a self-taught artist it was like it was a challenge for myself it was like going over a hurdle that that was beyond the height that i'd ever jumped you know what i mean so it was like it was for me this is strictly for me this was like for my ego you know what i mean like this was for nobody else so it's definitely one of my favorite things that i've ever painted because it told me that okay like i'm 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 okay like i'm good like i could do this you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then and then i started one of those moments because you were like there was a moment where you're like okay i'm better than no, it wasn't like more like I'm better than anybody. I no, never but you were saying that like you hit a moment. You're like, OK, I'm trying to compare myself to my dad. Well, and it, then you're like, OK, I can pass that. Well, I soon once. Well, I, I once I started painting, I already felt like I was as good as my dad. So it wasn't up until Mona Lisa. After I started painting, I stopped worrying about my dad's work and I started worrying about my work. Like I was like, okay, my goal is to be a better painter than I was yesterday. So mm. I got to paint something that tops the last because you could have gotten lost in the other thing. Right. The comparison. Thing. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to focus on anybody else's work. I'm just going to focus on me. Because if I try to be better, if, I, if I'm the best in the room, where else is there to grow? What did I just say to AA yesterday? I said I would want to be I want to be the worst person on my team. You always be the worst person on your team. Why? Because you're because only as good as your worst player. Exactly. The, yeah. I'm always have someone better in the room. Yeah. Because if you're the best in the room, then you're everybody's relying on you and, and you're there's nowhere else to grow. Like, so I would always look at myself as like, damn. I'm in the room with a better me right now. So I got to be better than that. Like, like there's always two of me. I'm a Gemini too. So that shit's funny because there's, there's two of me for sure. So I'm like, I got to be better than, than the other half of me, you know? So that's, that's really where this like work ethic comes from is trying to like push my boundaries. I don't ever give, I don't give a fuck about being better than anybody else. That, that That's never a thought in my mind. I, I, I started unfollowing all like my artist friends just so I didn't pay attention to their work. Not because I don't, fuck with them. It's just because I was like, you know what? I don't want to see anybody else's work because I'm not trying to like paint like anybody else. I don't want to paint and be and like be influenced by anybody else. Mm. That, so that's okay. Because I feel like there's two schools of thought. There's the that and then there's the like 
see everything so I know I'm creating my own thing. Yeah. Well, I, there's nothing wrong with inspiration. Like there's not like my work is inspired by street art and Renaissance. Yeah. So I'm taking my inspiration, but I'm saying like, I don't, I don't want to like get caught up in like comparing my shit to like other artists that are like maybe more successful than I am. And like, Oh, well my work's better than theirs. Like, I don't like doing that. Yeah, shit. No, and that's not what that just makes me do, sound yeah. like a fucking hater. And I hate being that way. I mean, even though I'll talk my shit and be like, I don't really like that shit, but what like, made you get into tattooing? Cause like, that was that was random dude your shit's crazy yeah you said you did this whole arm yeah yeah i did this whole arm you got the keith herring tattoo you got the what's the the like real the starry night what's the the like long-legged that's salvador dali and then this is frida kahlo and then i have a willow tree for my grandmother who passed away and then a japanese good luck charm wow yeah, I, I know these are these are old, dude. But yeah, tattoo. He said that he wants you to give him his first tattoo. We can run that for sure. Yeah, that's easy. That's not even a question. Yeah, we could do that. Pop his cherry real quick. Yeah, be, that'd be your second cherry you pop. <laughs> but um, I, I wish so bad you could show. Oh, I, I would do it on the. Oh, we'll wait till after. We, yeah, we, we should do a, another <laughs> next time when you do your tattoo. No. We should do it live. That would be crazy. Yeah. It'd be tight. Yeah, tattooing came random, dude. When I was, I started tattooing when I was 15. I just moved to Texas. My mom got, uh, my mom's ex-husband en- enlisted in the army and he got based in Fort Hood. So I moved to Texas. I went to a flea market and I ran into an old couple that handmade machines. Like they made homemade mach- custom machines and shit. So I had like, I think I had like 160 bucks in my pocket from like selling like drawings and shit. And I, I bought their like starter kit. It was like machines. It was like inks. It was like needles. It came with everything. It was, at, 15. It was at 15. Yeah. And the reason why oh, look, look, look at the song title. <laughs> oh, Mona Lisa. That's so funny. So also that's reckless of them to sell it to a 15 year old. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm happy they did. They were like, they were like, if it's just for I practice, just have to yeah. put it on public record that it is yeah. a little wild. Yeah, it's crazy. But <laughs> so. The reason why I got into tattooing is because my nobody on my mom's side knows really shit about art. They, they don't really know anything about fine art. They don't know anything about like the journey of an artist. They don't know how galleries operate, how museums operate. They don't, they're just unaware, right? My dad is the only person in my life that like really knows the art world, like the real art world, the, the blue chip industry, like, the best galleries, the best museums of the important art dealers, the schools, like everything. Like we really studied that shit. Um, So when I was little, my family on my mom's side, you know, not knowing much about art, they just figured, okay, maybe you should do tattoos because you could be really successful doing tattoos if you're an artist. And they don't really understand. They didn't understand like, the opportunity of success in like fine art. So they were pushing you to do. Yeah. So they didn't know shit like it's an easy, they didn't. It's a job. It's right. A, they didn't know how like successful you could be as a painter or something or like a drawer. So they're like, you should do tattoos. Like they thought that that maybe like that even was though the next, your dad was. Yeah. They just didn't know. So they 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 figure, oh, like this is like the next step that you could take with your art and like make a lot of money because they were familiar with like Kat Von D and shit. Mm. at the time like Kat Von D had her LA Inc show so they were like this is like the next step to being an artist so they would always push me to it they would always be like oh you should do tattoos you should do tattoos and like give me one give me one so when I was 15 just before like I turned 16 I went bought my first 
uh, set of equipment and I started tattooing. Dude, I was tattooing my fucking, my uncle was the first person I ever tattooed. My cousin was my second person I tattooed. And then I started tattooing like my mom. What was your first tattoo? My first tattoo was a cross on my uncle's ankle. Yeah. So that was the very first thing I tattooed and it came out dope. I mean, it was cool. So, and then I tattooed like diamonds on my fucking cousin's legs. What was the first tattoo you gave yourself? A Keith Haring tattoo. Yeah, I did. Dude, it was funny. I did that shit when I was like 18. I'd already been tattooing for a couple of years and I had nothing. And then people were always like, how are you going to do tattoos? And you don't have any. So I gave myself a tattoo and I like my mom was like crashed on the couch. I was like, mom, I got I had a new tattoo. She was she like woke up halfway. She was like, she's like, is it real? And I was like, yeah, it's fucking real. She's like, oh, it looks good. And went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was my so first different tattoo. from all the other. Yeah, tattoos. well, I, I got uh, Keith Haring on this wrist and then I have Basquiat on this wrist. Those are those are like two, two like fucking titans from the pop art era. So I, I are, have I have the Reebok crack is whack, the orange pumper. No yeah. shit. Damn, it's tight. Yeah, no, it's just, I just I love it. Yeah. So yeah. like these were like these just in this like, you know, these are the titans. So I have, you know, Shepard Fairy here. Oh, this is a cool story. So I have the the shepherd fairy obey icon in the star but i have a third eye on it and i'll tell you a reason why it's because i went out one night to go put up wheat paste who tattooed it on one of my homies okay. i was working at a shop it was like 2017 and i went out to melrose one night to go put up wheat paste and um i i I'll just say this. There was a fresh Shepherd Fairy poster up. I watched it go up, right? And I was sneaky enough to creep up after it just went up. And I used the fresh wheat paste paste that they put on their poster, his poster, to put up my poster. (laughs) And it was a poster of Tupac with the third fucking eye. That's what I put up over his icon face. So I got this tattoo to, to as a as a like a memory of that i put my yeah. third eye portrait over his 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 andre portrait that's crazy yeah. and and that was before you he had bought a piece exactly that was before that and i told him that story and he just laughs he just giggles like it's super funny yeah so that's how i got that tattoo so you've been tattooing for a while for 10 years yeah well wow. it makes sense because it, like the detail yeah. and shit on this arm is what yeah is it a completely different art form yeah for sure it won the the safety precautions are vast. You got to be extremely sanitary. Like I have, I have my license. I took my bloodborne pathogen tests and I'm, I'm well, well think, I'm like, like a drug test, not a drug test, a bloodborne pathogen test. You have to, you have to understand the, the possibilities of like working with needles and stuff, oh, you I know, understand. like, like blood transfer you that was a stupid question no yeah yeah, it's 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 the that's why i'm explaining it it's um you know like you you can easily do people get fucking aids this way so you have to understand like like the differences between like um hepatitis b hepatitis c Mm -hmm. and aids and fucking all this crazy like different diseases like all my equipment is brand new prepackaged. like i take very sanitary precaution when i tattoo even though i don't work in a shop anymore i don't even do tattoos that often anymore it's a very niche thing for me it's like all right it's like if i feel it then i'll do it but yeah. like i don't even consider myself a tattoo artist anymore i'm just an artist that knows how to tattoo and you did your chest too i did my chest what's up with the too. heart well the heart was like um 
a metaphor. It was just like, you know how people will be like, oh, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I say I wear my heart on my chest. So it's like, like it's just part of my outfit, yeah. you know? So it's like when I have my shirt off, like I got my heart and then there's an eye in the center of my heart and it, and it's a metaphor for like, I see with my heart. So it's like, I, I see, I see with my heart, not my mind, you know, or like not through my eyes. So that, that was just, well, that's, that's what that meant. Like, yeah. it's nothing deeper than that. <laughs> I wish I could say something that's like way tighter, but like, yeah, I just thought it was cool. It was like a heart just right in the center of my chest. Cause you know, and then it's funny cause like my grandpa had a heart attack too. So, mm. so it's kind of like reminiscent of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to die of a heart attack one day. I know. I, I don't that's know why. Top one. I don't know why. I just feel like I, that's just how I'm going to go. I don't know. I, I'm like, I told you I'm a hypochondriac. So I, I sometimes know, I, I feel like my heart will pound and I'm just like, dude, I think this is how I'm going to go. I understand. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I get pains and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I just, I, I think that's how I'm going to go. I don't know why. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my grandpa died really young too. He was like 60 something. He was like oh, 63, shit. 64. So yeah, I'm like, damn, I hope this shit isn't like hereditary. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a story about it or not, but I just want to on the podcast say how much I love uh, the Liz one and two covers. Liz two is good. Liz two is Liz two is really good, dude. So I painted that while I was in Paris, while I was in Europe. Oh, wow. Westside hit me up last minute. Did you know that was what it was going to be for? Um, yeah. Well, when he hit me up, he goes, hey, um, Armani's Armani's work. Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah. Peace, Lord. <laughs> you know, it's art, man. It's about the art. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want him. Mad. I. I can't. I can't. I can't impersonate Wes. Like Wes can impersonate himself. But no, he. Um, he hits me up and he goes. Um, Armani is working on the list too, so we need a cover. Obviously, I knew it was going to be another portrait of Elizabeth Taylor, and he sent me a few reference images, and I. I picked one, and I said, okay, let's do this one. This one's dope. And then it ended up being the one that I painted and I happened to be in Paris. Oh, I was in Italy at the time. He hit me up and I said, okay, fuck. I'm going to Paris next. I won't start it until I get to Paris because then I'll get a hotel that I can like, you know, get comfortable in. And then I I painted her, I don't know, like three, two, three days or something. Or no, maybe even sooner, maybe like a day or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. How do you not ruin a hotel room with paint? I didn't give a fuck if I did. <laughs> I'm like, it's coming off West tab anyway. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just put you, I'll just invoice you. Yeah. It's part of the price. Yeah. I, well, I, when I paint, I'm very clean when I paint, I'm not dirty. Like I'm not like doing this shit. I'm not like Jackson Pollock, just fucking whipping paint back and forth. I'm very like tight with the work and very like precise. So yeah, it actually didn't get dirty. The only thing I got dirty was some of the towels that I used as rags, but I didn't give a fuck about those. I'm like, I would have stole those anyway. <laughs> Do you have a favorite rap piece? He stole a Mr. Chow's plate when we were at Mr. Chow's. Dude. Did you really? <laughs> wow. Allegedly. 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 That's crazy, Allegedly. dude. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> I'll show you something. <laughs> Look. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We spent like fucking four or five, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> you took this from Mr. Chow's? <laughs> Do you know what that is at the top of the plate? AA was telling us about it. Dude, that's a side Twombly piece at the top of this painting. 
<laughs> dude did you see my story the other day when my little sister was drawing with me i said yeah. she's i said uh-huh. she's in side twombly mode <laughs> yeah dude i was like how much you want for this <laughs> i'll paint on this dude but let him paint on it what are you talking well, I'll, about I'll, 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 that's that's crazy dude but why i've never been to mr chow so i don't know what their plates look like but it's it says Mr. Chow and it's and it's drawn by Sai Twombly. That's what it is. Yeah, that's crazy. That's dope, <laughs> and the dude. food's dope as fuck. I haven't been. Yeah, I haven't been. And I, I've been meaning to go. I'm going to show you guys something even crazier. Check this out. This this is dope. You'll, you'll fuck with this. <laughs> I just keep outing him on podcast. That's, that's what's up, though. That's cool. <laughs> I'm going to show you guys something that's really funny. And I posted it, but I took it down because it's just it was like, all right, I'll bring it back eventually. But I was at a restaurant with my homie Marco or Pietro, and that's this my photographer. And we're at a, a restaurant and um I was finished eating and I started drawing on my plate with hot sauce. Oh, I've been seeing that you were doing that. Yeah, I was drawing on my plate with hot sauce and I drew a Medusa on hot sauce. And I did the, I, I it was funny, I was at the uh, listening party for plates too. Mm-hmm. And I I drew Ricky with hot sauce as well. <laughs> That's so dope. Yeah, let me let me find this shit. This shit's crazy. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. This you're gonna love this shit. Let me see. I got I gotta go down in my archives. No problem. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I had to. I'm so happy that we said that on the podcast. That's dude. so funny, dude. That's that's gnarly. That's a dope play. Shit, you need to get Mr. Chow to sign that shit. <laughs> Get him to sign that shit. Tell that shit with two bands. No, I haven't. I've seen him. I think I saw him at LA Art Show. Um, I saw him at some art art fair, and it might have even been Art Basel. Um, but I've never met him formally. Hey, I also want to salute you for that Dolph piece. Oh, yeah, that was that was well, that was West Side. I wouldn't have done it if he didn't commission it because I don't like painting like dead celebrities. Like I don't like doing that. Mm. So if it wasn't for him to have been like. Yo, I need a, I need a because uh, Dolph is Wes's favorite rapper, but yeah. Dolph is also he told me that dude. He told me that shit. Like, do you remember when I went to the Albright? Mm-hmm. That whole Instagram post. Yeah, we had a long conversation about that, and I asked him. I said, you know, who are you like listening to right now? And he, the first person he said was Dolph, and and that's how I like started. I started like checking out Dolph's music because he said that he was listening to in Dolph. Twenty thirteen, Dolph was playing in my city. And I bought tickets, but I was too young to go. Oh, wow. And then the last show I went to before the pandemic was Dolph and Gluck. Damn. Yeah. The the only song that I'm really like super familiar with Dolph is that one track. I think he's on with OT Genesis or. Um, oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know what song I'm talking Cut about? It. Cut that, it. Yeah, yeah. That's like the, the song that I know. Yeah. So I wasn't really fami- like. But you familiar? did a beautiful job with that piece because he is I was one glad of my to favorites. do it. It's yeah. pretty fucked up. Oh, let me how that see shit the, happen. The yeah, look at that shit. Yeah, to the third crazy. eye Medusa. Yeah, my homie still has that. Yeah, I don't know if I you can see it from I'll there. Hold it up. Yeah, yeah, this shit's funny. Yeah, so I play. I, I painted that, uh, and I took the plate. My homie still has it, and I was gonna release it as a print. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna drop it as a print just for the fuck of it. So that's you know what's the also and and then I have a real question, but also the hardest thing is that big uh, jacket that you have. The trench coat. The trench coat. Yeah, that that was my collab with Tango Hotel. This motherfucker has one. Oh, do you you have the trench coat, dude? There's only a hundred of those. 
you know, uh, you know, G. Oh, <laughs> are you pulling it up? All right. Wow, that's a dope ass. Oh, wait, I think I seen this. I did see this photo. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that looks so good. Yeah, that jacket's hard as fuck. That shit, that shit's fire, dude. It's funny. I I wore that when I went to Europe and everybody was stopping me for it. They were like, dude, where the fuck did you get that coat? And I was like, well, I, I, I designed it. Yeah. yeah I was There's like, only a hundred of them. There's only a hundred of them. Yeah. I just gave one to, uh, I had one left and it was like, so I gave one to Wes as a gift. You're like, but give me one. And Art my, Miami. Give me one of my pray for Paris. Uh, and I'll give you yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know if Wes will ever wear Wait, it, what? but it's just cool for his collection. You have three. You have three. Are you fucking I told serious? You he has more of your shit than dude. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, that's dope. Shit. Uh, what sizes do you have? You have a couple different sizes. Damn, dude. Yeah, he came in clutch with it. Yeah, dude. They sold out. That was the that garment sold out the quickest on that whole collection. And I'm working on a new that's, one. I got the mystery tee because I love mystery well, shit. That's, I always have to. That's my that's my collection with uh, my homie Isaac in San Diego. His his clothing company, Silk Cloud. Mm. So when I'm whenever I'm doing like my one off joints, like like we'll like like if we're doing t-shirts and shit like we'll just run it and we'll make them available for like a year so like anybody they're just like open edition anybody yeah. can just get them but when i'm doing like limited edition collabs like with tango hotel like they're very limited pieces like that trench coat there's only a hundred of them so 97 of them. well yeah yeah now, now i fucking know yeah so um there was very you know very few of them and you know they sold out quick dude they sold out really quick yeah those are fun and i'm working on a new collection with them right now oh, for this great. for this winter what's your favorite piece that you've wrap piece you've done wrap a piece yeah like as far as painting or like song, yeah, like album cover. Oh, like my favorite, uh, my favorite cover. Um, fuck, dude. I mean, obviously, the Pray for Paris piece really means something to me. But I think, I think the Benoit piece where it all started is like that's shit. It's crazy, and that's still legendary. Yeah, dude. Any everybody, dude. I I go to the shows and everybody's wearing it. They're either wearing the Benoit joint or they're wearing the Pre for Paris. I mean, and, and they have them all. They have the, the heart foundation joints. They have the Liz. They're wearing the Liz. They're wearing the fucking the Hitler joint. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like, those are dope and all. But but they're always wearing the Benoit piece. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. And it's funny seeing like now, like when I did the Archangel for Benny, like I see people wearing that too. That Archangel. Yeah. And we, we got, we got, we got a lot of ideas in the works. Yeah. We got a lot of shit that we need to work on together. Yeah. Yeah. That Archangel, the Camino shit. Camino was dope too. Yeah. I haven't even, <clears throat> I need a Camino. I need my shirt. I need my shirt. You haven't sent me my shirt, bro. Come on now. <laughs> I need to, I need to rub that shit. Yeah, that was a, that was a dope piece. Maybe you'll find it on in a, and fucking Second Street again. Watch, yeah, dude. Street. Yeah, they sell out, dude. Yeah, is they sell out? And, and and oh, and then I almost forgot about the Vivian at the Art Basel piece now too. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I thought Wes was gonna put the Dolph on a garment, but I don't know if he's gonna do that. I was I was praying. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't I don't know if he's gonna do. But that. also maybe it. Yeah, I understand why you wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think he will. Um, but it makes sense, you know. I, also, I don't even think he'll do prints. So yeah, it what, makes sense. When's your next? I mean, shit. How long have we been going? Oh, a while. A long time. Should we didn't even talk about you making music? 
if you want, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, these motherfuckers don't know that I make music too. Can I got it. I got a track with I, Benny, and you make music, <laughs> right? And, and I and I do music too. Um, my music isn't. I haven't like really pushed it as hard because. I'm not like really I'm not making money on my music right now. So it's like I, 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 I mean, I've done features paid features and stuff. So that's cool. But like not enough to say like, oh, like I'm I have success because of my music. So I don't push it as often. Um, I'm making money off my art. So I push that harder. And it's hard to convert my art fans into my music fans because they're not used to it yet. You know? Yeah. But dude, I've been making music since I was like 13. My my stepdad sticking with shit. Yeah, well, I feel like once I start something, I, it just sort of st- it just stays with me. It's like a badge, like it just it's there always. You know, I can't get rid of it once I start it. So my stepdad came into my life when I was like nine from Chicago. He was a rapper and a singer. Motherfucker can sing like Neo, amazing singer. He's he's passed away a couple of years ago, but when he came into my life, he really like, like inspired me to rap and like write poetry and like, really like just go ham in it. And then I think I made like my first song when I was like 12 or 13, like produced it, mixed it, recorded it with one of my uncle's homies who was like doing music at the time. And then, um, like I was really taking it serious and I still take it serious to this day. Um, you know, I, I produce well, you have a lot of stuff going on. I have. Yeah. But like, and, and, but the thing is like I was producing, mixing, mastering and engineering all my shit. And I never went to school for that shit. Like, I don't know shit about engineering. I don't know anything about EQing. And yeah, like, but you didn't go to school for any of this shit. I didn't No, But music is a whole nother ball game. I don't have like when, when you have to wear that many hats, I'm, you know, by the time I'm done producing, I'm like, oh, this beat is trash by the time I get to the writing. So I'm like, I don't even want to do it anymore. So I was trying really hard to look for a producer to take that that role so I could just focus on the lyrics and then I can like co-produce if anything. So I work with my homie, Matt James now. And it's funny because we come from from the same parts of town in the Inland Empire. And um He's done engineering for like Tiana Taylor, French Montana. Like he's oh, wow. he's legit. Like yeah. he knows he went to school for that shit. And now he does a lot of my production and we co-produce, you know, we, we sit there, we co-write together. We play out. We, we just bounce off each other because he's, he's he's got a good like um, idea. Like he's he's got like a good idea when, when, we're, when like we're writing or we're making music and we'll just bounce off each other. For the most part, the bars are mine, but he'll he'll like say he'll he'll bounce off an idea and I'll play off of that and of then we'll go into it. So I, he is very much like part of the writing process too. So how did you find your worth as an artist? Like once you were like, all right, I am going to make a living off of this. This is what. Well, I'll tell you, I quit working at Disney last year last year so when we were at when you were at buffalo kids were you still had did you still have the job i was technically employed but i wasn't working because of the pandemic but when i was like painting benoit and like the hitler joints and shit i was working i was working a nine to five of course <laughs> yeah i've been working since i was like like 16 17 yeah so so you said last year is when you were able to become La- last year is when i became a full-time artist i quit in june so, so this June will make it one word. full year. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I just, you know what I realized? Well, one, I was making more than I was making at Disney in a fucking month. I sell one painting and I make more than what I make there in a single What were you month. doing at Disney? Animation. 
I was doing ink and paint animation with my dad. That was the animation I was showing you upstairs. It's the way animation was done in the 1930s. You know, so you a- a- she knows yeah. about that shit. Yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll give you a whole book on that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, uh, I was, I was working at Disney with my dad doing that. And then I was there for four years and I just got over it. My dad's been there for almost 30 years. Wow. And it, and it, and it quickly became a job. I was, I was over it. Yeah. It's not for me. You know. So saying? how did you then, when did it become that you became an artist? You paid the, you didn't have to have a job. Um, well, when I, when we went in, when we went into lockdown, I wasn't working. I was making money off of my art because when Westside put out the Pray for Paris piece for me, it blew up everything for me. I probably sold like a hundred paintings in 2020. Wow. And then I'm, I can only imagine 2020. Yeah. Like last like... year, I probably painted about a hundred paintings too. Wow. Including like hand embellished prints. And that's excluding like, the amount of print runs and merch that I sold tattoo money. Also during the pandemic, I became like the premier tattoo artist for all these fucking TikTok kids. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's crazy. Like I would see you post and I wouldn't know who they were not to be rude. I'd be like, this person has 7.4 million followers. Like three big things happened in 2020 for me. I painted the Kobe mural that landed me on ESPN. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah. And, 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 and I, that got me a lot of press and I, and I didn't paint it for that reason. I painted it for my dad and I painted it because no one was painting murals in the Valley. So I said, fuck it, dude, I'm going to paint a portrait of Kobe in the Valley. Cause no one's doing them here. And I'm a, I, I grew up on Lakers. Like that's my team. And Kobe is just like the fucking, he's a, he's a, he's an idol for a Los Angeles, not even as a basketball player, but as a, a person like a, a an entrepreneur a philanthropist he was about to get into producing like movie making he just came out with deer basketball working with one of disney's legendary animators you know what i mean so like kobe was like a different type of person for me it wasn't it was beyond basketball like i, I don't even watch basketball enough to even say like I'm, I'm like a like a basketball head you know yeah so i painted the kobe mural that blew up I, I painted all you the shit. You didn't do it for it to blow I up. I didn't, dude. So it, when did it, how after, How long after you did it, did like, it blow like up? Like days, like days. I, I, I painted it right around the corner because this was before I bought my house. This was at my apartment in North Hollywood. And I was friends, good friends with the people who owned the liquor store that I painted it on. And I was like, I told them like six months prior that I wanted to paint a mural. I was like, give me the wall and I'll do it for free, but just give me the creative freedom. And dude was like, what if you paint a portrait of my son? And I'm like, I'm not doing that, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not doing that. So I, I did so we sat on the wall for like a year. Is son alive? No, his son's passed okay, away. No. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not doing that. But <laughs> no, I'll, 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 I'll I had to add. I'm yeah, so, I was the like comedian if he had to. Yeah, I was like, nah, I'll paint a portrait of your son on canvas, but I'm not yeah, doing yeah. that. And like we sat on the the wall for like like a year, like I think it was six months, not a year. Um and then when Kobe passed away, I was like, dude, I got to do a mural of Kobe on your wall. Like, I'm like, I'm not charging you for it. Just give me the wall. Let me do it. Whatever. And um, 
Yeah. And I got, I got a little bit of funding for it too. So it was cool. And then like days later, dude, it ended up on like the newspaper ended up on like, like sports, sports news or sports net sports illustrated. Um, fucking like all these different sports pages. I've never even heard of that. I to have like massive followings ended up on ESPN ended up on like Lakers page, like Lakers tweeted it. Like it just ended up everywhere dude and it was just like one of those it like it's to the point where espn interviewed me for their sb's like segment yeah that snoop dog narrated so like that's how far it went and i had no intention of it going there it just went there so that happened that year then i did all the paintings for west side that like blew up obviously the pray for paris painting that was most prominent then i did the versace and the liz two or the liz one and then i did um and then I did the Benny shit. I did the Archangel for Benny. And then I dropped the track with Benny. And then I was tattooing all these TikTok ta- like how TikTokers. Did that, how did the TikTok? January 2020, right before the pandemic hit, one of my homies who was in AR for Columbia hit me up and he was like, Hey, dude, I'm working with an artist who's a TikToker, but he's jumping into music and he wants to get tattooed in the music video. Didn't know who the fuck this kid was. Turned out to be Jaden Hostler just hit like a million followers on Instagram, had like 12 million followers on like TikTok or some shit. And he wanted um, like the creation of Adam, the hands touching on the back yeah. of his neck. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Like, fuck it. Um, I gave him a price and did it. didn't know shit about this kid. Really? I, me and this kid hit it off. I really liked him. He thought it was cool. And dude, he put the music video out like a month or two later and the shit got like millions of views instantly. So then I hit him up uh i think it was like january march like end of march early april right like right when the pandemic started and i was like hey dude like the text and i was like do you want to get tatted he was just like yeah are you available today and i was like yeah and i wasn't supposed to leave but i fucking was bored as fuck so i was the only tattoo artist tattooing during the pandemic in la so all those fucking kids were coming to me and you gave them crazy tattoos, dude. I, yeah, they were getting some gnarly tattoos, and like it was shit, like like I was getting like interviewed on like Inked Magazine, like all these crazy shit. Like it was just crazy. So like that was a big deal in 2020 for me. I, I was like the TikTok tattooer. I just did a couple of album covers. I just did a song with Benny. Yeah. I just did the Kobe mural. I was doing a lot of shit. So I sold a lot of artwork that year. Yeah. Like straight up, like no gallery, no art dealers. So everything that I sold, I kept a hundred percent of. What's your next steps? Do you know? Um, just making better work. Like I'm talking to Wes about some projects this year that I hope happens. So something that I can do. Like I haven't done a show in a couple of years, so I want to do a show in LA. Um, so hopefully I can do a show this if year. If you we'll do see. a show in LA, I'm definitely popping back up. I think there'll be a lot of people that come. Yeah. 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 And I, and I want to do something dope. Like, you know, something that like people can come see the work. Like I want to do like, like a little, like just a really solid exhibition of work that I've developed over the last couple of years. Cause I've, I haven't really exhibited any of this new body of work. I stopped working with all my galleries because they were just, I was like, fuck it dude i'm like you guys aren't doing shit for me taking 50 percent of my art sales they take 50 percent yeah yeah most guys like your typical art gallery would take like 50 percent. it's rare when like a gallery is like 60 40 it's maybe like a lower tier gallery but like like mid-tier and above it's like 50 50 
Some some galleries take 60 40 and they're taking the 60. Yeah. Like that's, that's like Gagos. Like I think that's like Gagosian. Gagosian represents Sai Twombly. I think his cut is crazy, but he's also like the most important art dealer the world has ever known. He sells like a billion and, and a half worth of art every year. The art world is so crazy. And I don't, I've, I see, like, I interviewed a good amount of artists, but like, I don't know anything about It's like the rap world. I've interviewed so many rappers, but yeah. I don't like know it. But the art world is so crazy. A lot of people are very unfamiliar. <clears throat> like, people, like, if you see painters on Instagram and shit, they don't really know shit about the art world. Like, they're in, I call those Instagram artists because they paint, they post, and they try to like get like, a basketball player to buy their shit and post their shit. I don't give a fuck about that. That, that just doesn't. I'm like, pay me what I want. You know, that's it. Get me paid. Fuck a shout out. I don't want your follow. I don't want your shout out. I don't want any of that shit. I don't want your fucking tag. None of that. Pay me what I want because that's how I'm gonna feed my fucking self and my family. You know. So, I've worked with galleries even before being on Instagram. I think if my if I got off Instagram, I think I'd be fine like surviving because I have collectors that exist in real time in real life. Collectors that hit me up via text and via an email that pay attention to like where my work is in galleries. And I exhibit my in in many galleries like in LA. And and I have a lot of collectors overseas now too. So I don't really know if like Instagram is like that that like it it definitely plays a role that's important to me. It's helped me a lot, but I don't rely on Instagram. I'm not going to like weep and cry if that shit disappeared tomorrow. Yeah. Like I'm still going to figure it the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, so it's cool. Like it definitely has given me a platform to like exhibit my work. And I, without Instagram in Westside would have never found me. So mm-hmm. it'd be very dumb for me to say like, it doesn't mean shit, but I, I just don't rely on it. I just, it's like, okay, I think I'm at a point where I don't have to rely on it. Maybe that's yeah. probably where I'm at. So when do you think of doing your gallery? Um, well, if I do a show, I, I want to do it, you know, sometime later this year, just build a solid body of work that I can share. And then if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, what I have planned for it, if if it, if all is well and it all goes through, then I think it'll be really fucking dope. Yeah, people, I'll put, you know, I'll, I'll announce it and I'll put it out there. Everybody will know. Y'all will get the invite. You know what I mean? Like, of Thank course. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Thank it, you for the hospitality. Sorry, I just keep looking coming. around at all your pieces, man. It's it's, it's fun. I tell people when they come, I'm like, it's like a little art gallery. So prepare to look at a bunch of shit, you know? But congratulations. You're, you are an inspiration to a lot. And I hope people hear this and hear what you did and can take that and use that. I, I hope so too. I think if, if at the end of the day, if I can provide some sort of insight for an aspiring artist and that's at the end of the day, then that's cool. That's enough for me. I mean, what else? I mean, it'd be selfish of me to like not want to inspire other people. When I was once about, inspired. Yeah. How Shepard Fairey, like how you felt when he bought you like there. Yeah. A- I'm sure there'll be a time. Oh, maybe there'll be a time where like I buy someone's work and they do you have a favorite artist right now? um like a peer like um i mean there's a lot of artists that i think are a great artist you know i have a lot of close friends one of my close friends is skylar gray who's a little younger than myself he's a great pop artist contemporary artist um delphin finley is a fucking amazing figure to painter i always say that i think me and delphin are the best that do this shit at our age he's i think he's like 26 27 we're probably the best figure painters that are painting figuratively 
I mean, I'll put myself in that category with him. I won't say I'm the best, but he's up there for sure. He's amazing. He's, he's like up there with like Kehinde Wiley and shit. Like he's, he's kicking campaign his ass off. Um, but there's, I mean, fuck dude. There's no, so many, there's so many though. artists that I, that I, I enjoy looking at their work and I want to collect, but I don't know if I have a favorite. They're all so different. You yeah. know what I mean? They all give me different feelings. Like, honestly, like, I think I'm feeling my shit the most right now. Yeah. Cause you do like, have mostly your art. Yeah. Uh, like, like I, I feel my, I think, I think I like my shit the most right now because it's like what I'm paying attention to. And I know yeah. that sounds very like, you know, egotistical yeah. and maybe a little fucking pretentious or, you know, cocky, but I just, I, I think my shit is fire right now. So it's like, I'm, I'm focused on that. I don't really like, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of artists that are great. They're amazing. Yeah. There's so many. I'm am and I'm competing with them. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I'm not. I'm competing yeah. with me. So and that's why it works. Exactly. Yeah. And thank you for doing this for real. Thank you for having me. I gotta bust some out before we end this though. Holy shit. You gotta keep the conversation going. I have money. <laughs> Give this. Let's see. Let's see. Nah, this I I mean. You have created so many. You don't need to rush. We can also edit this a little bit. It's. You can do a fucking thing on hot sauce on a plate. Europe was the. Would you ever go to Asia? Oh, yeah. I want to go to Asia. So I want to go to. I want to go to like Southeast Asia, like Thailand and oh, Vietnam. Yeah. And my homegirl that I'm talking to right now is. Part Thai, and I told her I want to go to Thailand really bad. I want to go to Africa. <sighs> yeah. And we're trying. AA wants to do a trip to Puerto Rico. Oh yeah. Yeah. Damn yeah, yeah, Puerto Rico would be sick. Yeah, I know. Fucking West Side is always in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I've never been. I have so many friends. I mean, you buy like Shamil. I have some. Shamil's parents live down there right now. Oh, what are you doing in Peru? Um, just family trip. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if it was a art, um, an no, art I mean, trip. I'll probably get some inspiration while I'm out there, but you know. Were you just down in Phoenix? Um. Yeah. Well, I went down there to drop off some some shit for Wes. Oh, word. Yeah, I was dropping off uh, some. How do you fly your paintings? How do I fly <laughs> your paintings? Well, well, I drove there. Oh, okay. drove, yeah. It's easier to drive, and then we can. How far of a drive is it? It's like a six-hour drive. Oh, that's not bad. It's not like crazy, but I have my homie with me, so they can drive. So it's all all great. You know, cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cat was trying to was saying we had to go to Phoenix. I want to go down there and see all the art. Dude, yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix is dope. Yeah, I would definitely say. Other thing, the Buffalo Kids store was the that's I think that's where we I met you for the first time just in passing, but. I couldn't yeah. believe how many people were there. Like there was a gang of fucking people for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Did you get something signed? Did what'd I, you get signed? You signed it. I signed it. Did I really? Damn, that's what's up, dude. Yeah, that was, dude, that was, man, there were so many people that day. It's so hard to keep track of, of what was going on. I like, bet. Like no, it. there were, I couldn't imagine. I didn't think there were going to be that many people. 
when I fucking um when I went, like I didn't think there was gonna be like a nine hour wait for shit. Like it was dope. It was cool. That's when I realized shit was different. <laughs>